0: Hey everybody, this is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It is my birthday today. This is my big birthday show and I am recording this podcast intro because there's nothing I'd rather do. I actually love this podcast and it's been one of the great gifts of this year. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I want to give a special shout out to two people who donated uh, recently to help me keep this podcast free. Michael Norix, who I happen to know from Fresno and who is also nice enough to go see uh, my short film, If We Took a Holiday, when it was in Fresno uh, recently. And also Nell Minow. So thank you both so much. It really, really brightens my day and helps me make this happen. Um, Today I have a very special guest, Jackie Beat, drag queen extraordinaire, writer, performer, uh, incredible house decorator. We get into that a little bit in the podcast. I visited Jackie... Uh, in his amazing home. And there's a room dedicated to the movie Carrie. So I have pictures of it. And I will post those on dennisanyone.net. You have to go to the website if you haven't yet, because I built it myself. I'm kind of proud. Thank you, Squarespace. Um, Also, that's where you can take the audience poll. And if you want to give me something for my birthday, go take my poll. It really will help me uh, to develop the show and get more advertisers. And by more advertisers, I mean some advertisers. And so you can do that at DennisAnyone.net. There's also um, a blog there where I'll uh, sometimes post interactive questions. And uh, you can donate there, too, if you want to help this uh, podcast stay free. Um, so that's all of that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, at HensleyDennis, and like the show on Facebook. Spread the word. um Got lots lots of more great people coming up. And so without any further ado, I'm celebrating my birthday show with Jackie Beat. I am here in the amazing Los Angeles home of Jackie Beat. Oh my God. Writer, drag performer, living legend. Your house is beyond.
1: So much for my security system. You're,
0: <laughs> you got in. I got in. Um, I don't know where to start, but I think the best place to start is the Carrie Room. You're obsessed with the movie Carrie. Yes. You have... So many... Every poster, every uh, lobby card, every collectible...
1: Every book cover. Everything there is. The only thing I'm not a big fan of is the Broadway musical.
0: Yeah, I wanted to... Because I I think they're doing it soon around here or something. Yeah,
1: everybody always sends me stuff about the Broadway musical. I really couldn't care less. It's horrible. And don't even get me started on the remake. But the Broadway musical... When I lived in New York, there was a place called, I think, Carousel Music, or I'm probably getting this wrong because New York is just a big blur of, you know, sequins and vodka. But um, (laughs) no, they had this place in Times Square and they had all the one sheets of all every Broadway show. And I remember when I first moved there, I went looking for Carrie, the musical. They had it. I think it was $250. You know, it's, wow. a pretty, it's a pretty small poster, but it's the biggest flop in Broadway history. Yeah. I mean, it came and it went. I don't think many people saved these posters. Right. So I was kind of like, Ugh. You know, when I first got to New York, I had no money. Yeah. I went there to do Valley of the Dolls off Broadway with Kate Flannery. And I mean, I had no money. Right. When I left, right before I left to move here to start writing for this TV show, um, I went back thinking, it's not there. Like, now it's infamous. Somebody must have have snatched it up. Exactly. It was there. Right. The price had not been marked up. I whipped out a credit card and bought it, and it's in there. So that's the only thing from the Broadway musical I have, and just because, you know, it was a supreme deal well it was a supreme failure yeah it was a spectacular failure
0: and also it sort of bookended your new york experience it's mm-hmm. kind of like i went there i didn't buy i was in a place where i could buy it and then you could and it sort of symbolized right. something. and it's
1: not like you know i wasn't yeah. loaded or anything i just i was a little drunk no um <laughs> no i was yeah, you know, it's not like i was rich when i to right. new york but you know i was on my way to adulthood that's right what is it about that movie do you remember well, when you first saw it? Yes. I saw it in 1976 when it came out. I don't want to tell you how old I was. Right. 13. Okay. Do the math. <laughs> I'm old. Who cares? Exactly. <laughs> Still whip your ass at Scrabble. That's right. Um, yeah. I saw it in 1976 in the movie theater with my sister. My older, older sister, okay. Vick, Vicky, who okay. was like, you have to see this movie. I was worried about my dogs. The next door neighbor's dog is barking. Right. It's How all good. dare you talk? There's I know. two. There's two homosexuals in the living Doing room. Doing a podcast. Yes.
0: They're in the entertainment business.
1: <laughs> yeah. Maybe I can get a part on a dog food commercial <laughs> if I play my cards right. Okay, so back to Carrie. My sister Vicky took me. I was 13. My sister is, I think, like seven years older than me or, you know, six or seven years older than me. She's like, you have to see this movie. And I mean, I love that. She right. knew. She, she knew that knew. it was
0: right in your wheelhouse. It
1: changed my life. Just, and it's playing tonight, funny enough. I don't know when this <gasps> is airing. But, right, uh,
0: this is going to air Monday. But, yeah, well, yeah.
1: It's playing soon at the Arclight, from what okay. I understand. But I'm going to be performing on a cruise during okay. that time, so I'm going to miss it. But tonight it's playing with Rose McGowan's short film Dawn. A 17-minute movie she made, and she's been pairing it up with these sort of female-centric movies. So it's playing tonight at the Hollywood Independent, and I'm just saying, if anybody has not seen Carrie, or if you've seen it and you love it, you've got to see it on the big screen. Yeah. Because that prom scene... I mean, the colors. I cannot tell you how hypnotic it is. Between the colors and the... The um, split screen and the slow motion and those silver stars and that, like, blue and then, like, the blood in front of the blue. I can't even put it into words. I was literally crawling out of my skin. I loved it so much. But
0: when the blood happened, were you just, oh, my God, I can't believe that happened?
1: You know, the thing is, I didn't think the I, I still don't think the movie is that scary. Right. I think it's all about. The performances. This yeah. is going to be a whole hour about Carrie. I know, but it? it's no. fun, though. It's cool. But here's what people don't realize. 1976, low-budget, summer release, B-horror movie. This was unheard of to get nominated for Best Supporting Actress Piper Laurie and Best Actress Sissy Spacek. Right. It just didn't happen. Like, you had horror movies, and then you had movies that got Oscar nominations yeah. They were so not And it, doesn't happen. it hasn't happened since, really. Oh, not really. They're just, their performances are amazing, and they go right up to the line of Campy. Yeah. Even Brian De Palma has been interviewed. He's like, I don't know how Piper Laurie did it. Yeah. She went right up to the line and didn't take one step over because it would have just been, then it would have been Mommy Dearest, or, you know, it would have just been a failure.
0: Was there something about the story... That connected with you at that age?
1: Well, I always sum it up with one sentence, which is don't mess with the freak. Right. And as a little gay boy who was constantly being mistaken for a girl. Are you a boy or a girl? I I mean, not just on the phone. Yeah. (laughs) I got that. Yeah. I just loved the idea that, like, you never know what's going on. You never know. Maybe this shy little mousy nerdy. Thing of ridicule has actually. a power yeah deep so, down inside and i turns out i did
0: would you after you saw that would you be in a situation in school and think okay i'm gonna be i'm carrie now i'm gonna in other oh, words did I you tr- sort of I what would tried. carrie do
1: you tried to lift things i and tried blow- to <laughs> set people on fire and throw them across the room but i found the only way to do it was to just really go for the jugular and be a bitch and yeah. that's how the drag queen jackie beat was born i love it that was my power
0: now, this is your 25th year in show business. You've been doing shows saying it's your 25th year. What do you demark as the beginning? What was the entry?
1: Well, I the to me the birth of the character Jackie Beat right. in 1989 when I came up with the persona and the name which has changed a lot. I mean right. the persona, you know, started out Complete beat poetry. Right. You know, head to toe black, a little black page boy, you know, boots. Much much simpler <laughs> to put together probably oh than God. what it evolved into. The makeup was so bad. So bad.
0: Now you, when I see your pictures or when I see you perform or do a show, your makeup is a work of art, before you even open your mouth, it's like, oh my God.
1: Oh, go on.
0: No, it's true, but was that... go on. (laughs) Was that... Did you have that ability early on? Or was it something that you developed and developed? If you look at
1: early pictures, you're like, whoa. Oh, no, seriously. The early pictures are horrific. Right. I did not know how to blend, and there's some people who will argue that I still don't. (laughs) It's very paint-by-numbers if you look close. But it's it's beautiful. Here's what it is. I... Okay, well, let me... Start by saying it was horrible. I did my eyebrows with a Sharpie. Okay. There's no way to really make your eyebrows disappear. You know, people can do wax and you can put makeup over it and do all that. It never really works. It's still very 3D. So I just shave mine off. Yeah. So I walk through life looking like I'm going through chemo. Right. Which works. People feel sorry for me and then, you know. You get that extra shot at Starbucks or whatever. Right. And I can rock a hot drag look. (laughs) So it's a win-win.
0: When did you first shave your eyebrows? How
1: far in? I think... I think Alexis Arquette might have been the one who was like, you need to just shave these off. Yeah. I think Alexis might have kept starters. Yeah. You know, like little chola starters. Yeah. Alexis also used to bleach her eyebrows so you could put makeup over them. And then, you know, back then when he wanted to be a boy, he would put like mascara right. on them and they would look dark and normal. But, um, but the thing about my makeup is it really is all about being photographed seen on stage, or videotaped, right? people are like, oh my god, I can't believe that picture. And it's like, over the years I've learned, this is going to sound a little egotistical, and some of, your listeners, it. some of your listeners might have to Google the name, but I like to think that in pictures I look like a Nagel, mm-hmm. a Patrick Nagel. Yes. Because it might look a little clowny and a little over the top when you're right up on it, but in pictures, you know, I have no lips. Yeah. I mean, please verify that. You're a foot away from me. Um, I have cruel, thin, Caucasian lips. Sure. Okay.
0: I signed the thing that says that, yes.
1: But look at pictures of me in yeah. drag. They look huge. Right. And my other choice is, you know, it's so funny that I'll shave my eyebrows and walk around without eyebrows, but I right. don't want to walk around with big, you know, uh, what's his name from Dead or Alive? Pete Burns lips. Right. Exactly. Know. Yeah, so you can do anything with paint, is my point.
0: And you got better and better as you went along. Better
1: and better, and I stole a few things. I remember seeing Miss Guy of the Toilet Boys and how he would overdraw his lips a certain way so the corner of his mouth wasn't where it looked like it was. I can't even describe it, but I know how to do it. I stole it. That's amazing. It makes your upper lip look bigger, and, you know, I do... You know, dark liner and then smudge it and do dark in the corners and then lighter. And people ask me all the time, like, oh, my God, what color lipstick is that? I don't even know how to answer it. Right. Because it's seven different things and six of them are for eyes. Right. You know, it's, not, <laughs> right. It's, it's not repurposing. Even, yeah. So.
0: was Did you ever have any... Professional training with that A makeup artist? Never. No, you just self-taught I have never, and you stole. Well,
1: I've always been creative right. and artistic. When I was yeah. a little kid, I drew constantly. Right. So people will look at my handwriting and be like, "Oh my god, your handwriting is amazing!" And I'm yeah, like, I have
0: that on my list to get to. We're going to get to that
1: because I say I'm not writing; yeah. I'm actually drawing the letters. Yeah. You know. So, you know, I, I've always been artistic. It just took me a while to learn how to blend and not do your eyebrows too close together and, and to
0: use this this is your canvas and that face yes. is a different kind of canvas thing. than a piece I of can paper
1: I could paint your face yeah. like mine but I can't really do other people's makeup yeah I've tried and it doesn't it's interesting yeah it has to be this canvas <laughs> right. or make you look like me. Which I'm all for. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I've seen pictures of you and like our friend Nadia Ginsburg where she's got the Jackie makeup and it's just, it's really fun pictures.
1: Well, we, that picture is from this series that I don't know whatever happened to it. They were doing something called Hollywood Judge and it was like Judge Judy but with all these like showbiz cases. Yeah. it was like all these B and C list People like... Somebody um, stole my
0: dog act or whatever. Yes,
1: exactly. It was like a porn star. Right. And, or like, you know, a magician is suing somebody, blah, blah, blah. And there was a few, like I said, like C-list people like, um, oh my God, who is... Uh, Ron Jeremy right. was on one. So, not to tell any secrets... Any tales tails out of school or whatever. <laughs> but anyway, we sort of came up with this idea where I am suing my best friend Nadia because times are tough and she is doing a character called Jacqueline B who looks exactly like me and is hosting, you know, karaoke and, right. you know, for my, half my rate and yeah. I'm losing work. And it was so funny. We wore the exact same wig, the same outfit. <laughs> I did her makeup. Did you yell and scream at each other? We Who was did, the judge? I can't remember his name. I feel bad because what if they sell it? And you know, well, I think everyone knows that most right. reality shows there's a little artistic license. Sure. Uh, so anyway, it was very funny and at the end he was like Jacqueline B., you know, to Nadia, yeah. <laughs> you are nothing but a, you know, a, a phony and a fake who has taken the persona of your best friend and da da And then he turns to me and he's like, Jackie B., you are a world-famous drag superstar. It was, I felt bad, even though I knew it was all fake. I'm looking over at Nadia.
0: I, <laughs> well, he really is. He poured it on a little thick. He did. <laughs>
1: I want to see that's that, why it's not on the air.
0: So you did your when your first performance. What was the content like? What was your what was your, your material?
1: Well, uh, people have probably heard this story, especially this year. I've been talking about. Yeah, I read a little bit here and there. Yeah, I uh, you know when I first moved here, I was sort of a serious writer and right. poet and you know artist. And, you know, listened to the Smiths 24-7 and cried a lot and, you know, didn't eat any meat and all that, you know. So I was weak. Anyway, uh, very (laughs) dramatic and took everything very seriously. I was the first person to, you know, ever feel these emotions. And they used to have these uh, poetry readings at, like, you know, Cafe Largo and different clubs. And I used to go every week to this one and sign up and they would never, ever call my name because, you know, Allie Sheedy was reading her Sheedy poetry. (laughs) Robert Downey Jr. would be doing a poem about being, you know, drunk and peeing in the corner in a potted palm. See, Thomas
0: Howell had something he wanted to get off his chest.
1: Yes. (laughs) For that night only, though, he spelled it just Howell, (laughs) H-O-W-L, to be a good beatnik. But uh, Google it! But my point is, I quickly caught on that this was very celebrity driven and right. it's who, you know, who you are. You had to, you had to find a way to stand out. Yeah. So I got a little pissed off to be honest. Right. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take the piss out of this entire movement, this yeah. entire evening. And I did beatnik drag. Right. Like, and it was very rudimentary. Like yeah. I said, this, you know, black choppy wig. Uh, you know, a black beret, a black turtleneck, a black skirt, black leggings, black boots. Did I mention everything was black? Right. Black smudged around my eyes. You know, th- that was about it. Not only would they not let me read my poetry, they wouldn't even let me in the door. Wow. Yeah. So, I feel like
0: if there were iPhone cameras then, you could oh, have,
1: you could have funny. really... Cafe yeah. Largo would be called Cafe Jackie. <laughs> uh, sue their asses. So you didn't even get to go on stage. Nope. And I thought, you know, I and I'd even written a poem, yeah, which was really just stand-up comedy, right, in the guise of you know, of beat poetry. And I, I so I thought, you know what, this was too much work, and this poem is funny. I went to Rage. It was an open mic talent competition. Same night. Mm-hmm. I told people to snap their fingers, not to clap. I. They asked me for my name to sign up, and I sort of blurted out. I was thinking, what's the most 60s-sounding name? And I was thinking of Jack Kerouac and Jackie Kennedy and, you know, the Beat Generation. And Jackie Beat just, I just wrote it on a clipboard. It's wow. so, you know, like, so, and 25 years later, you and know. And there you are. That's amazing. So I not only did they laugh and snap their fingers, I won the contest.
0: Was there a prize? Like, money?
1: Mm, I don't, maybe... Yeah. I don't remember. Some lube. It was probably like, you know, some free drinks. Right. That's awesome. I feel like maybe I won $50, to be honest. that's cool. So anyway... Do you remember
0: feeling a bit of a rush? Like, oh, I'm onto something here.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then I wrote my first song parody. Yeah. uh, Which was Madonna's Vogue. Wow. Which came out in 1990. Of course. So, you know, I, I came up with the character in 89, and then in 90 I did that, and I sang that at... And that was, like, this huge hit. They just thought it was hilarious. What was
0: the gist of the parody?
1: Well, it was vague. Okay. Which, and very similar to what... Oh. 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 That's all right. My we dog's have... a big fan of the song. Of course. Miss Tony, settle down. Can you, you can
0: tell by the barks which one it is. Oh, totally. We're, there's three adorable dogs and um, yes. they're hanging out.
1: And three ugly ones. <laughs> <laughs> no, so
0: but, it was vague and it was like yeah, about and, and, idiotic and, and people. Just
1: so you know, I, I remember about that time, Julie Brown, who is now a friend yeah. and one of the funniest people. And I always, you know, worshipped her because yeah. she's... Well, she's like Nadia. Yeah. She's like Catherine O'Hara. She's like, um, uh, oh my God, my all-time favorite of uh, of all time, and I'm blanking on her name, also from SCTV, um, Nor- Andrea Martin. Oh, Andrea Martin. They're like these sexy girls, but they're, you know what I mean? But they're funny, and they'll act retarded, for lack of a better word. I know that's yeah. on PC. But uh, anything for a laugh, you know, yeah. I think that's the sexiest thing in the world, and as a gay guy you know like a woman who's all sexy but kooky so anyway julie brown did um medusa dare to tell the truth yeah and she did a song called vague because if you're gonna do a parody of vogue i mean what are you gonna call it yeah you know So she did Vague, and it was very similar, and I remember people calling me and saying, you know, oh my God, she must have seen yours, and I was like, no, I really doubt it. Yeah. But I remember the the name run. Yeah, of yours? People are are really going to have to Google a lot of these Oh, are you going to do it? I love it. This was 1990. Okay. Bonaducci, Villachez, Erica Strada, Joan Baez, Linda Blair, and Jim Neighbor on the cover of The Penny Saver. Joyce DeWitt, Norman Lear, picture of a dead career. Bonnie Franklin, Nipsey Russell, and B. Davis, do the hustle. Too much lipstick, too much bass. Tina Yothers, gay bad face. Kiki, Lola, Elky too. Shields and Yarnell, who are you? Actors, jump at working nude. Holding signs will work for food. Your career has sunk like lead. I swear to God, thought you were dead. You're vague. <laughs> and when I was done with that, people were screaming. Of course. So that was my big first oh my God. song parody.
0: Those are I call those fortune cookie names because I have this friend, Scott, and whenever we would go to Chinese food, which we would do a lot, instead of reading our fortune, we would just open it and go, Ann Jillian. We'd just say a weird name. Just, we'd say like Tina Yothers. And so there was this competition, like you take your cookie and you need to be thinking. Because it was like, one of them was a better fortune cookie name than the other it's that person that you haven't thought of in 20 years and it's just there's something silly about their name and you got all of them in that same run
1: have you ever played celebrity where you write the name of somebody and the person next to you you put it on their forehead no and they can only ask yes or no questions am I male and if it's a no yeah then you move on to the next person and the hard part is remembering that you're a female over the age of da 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 best known for entertainment yeah Well, uh, if you ever play that game, now we're giving away a secret. Right, I know. The hardest one ever, and I played this with older queens, so it wasn't like they didn't know who she was, Dr. Joyce Brothers. Do you remember her? Of course. Uh, I just, because it's so hard to figure out why she's famous. She's (laughs) been on talk shows, she's been on game shows, she's a personality, but she's a doctor. You know, it's like... So anyway, I just You couldn't remember, say
0: she's an entertainer, really. Right. And
1: I remember once I gave somebody that name and they were furious because the game never ended and they were like, who the hell am I? And they ripped it off their forehead. They're like, Dr. Joyce
0: Brothers. But they knew who it was. They just couldn't they figure did. it out. They did. It wasn't like, i never heard of this person.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, one of the first times I remember seeing you perform was not long after that in St. Elmo's Fire, spelled P-H-I-R-E.
1: Yes, for legal purposes.
0: <laughs> and... Uh, You played the Mayor Winningham role. I put the ham
1: in (laughs) Mayor Winningham. (laughs)
0: That's what I. But I remember, she always has that that line in her apartment at the end where she's like, "Yeah," and I made my own peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and that was the best peanut butter and jelly sandwich I ever ate. And you said something like, "Do you remember what you said?" (laughs) And those
1: were the best six, something like that. Those were the best six peanut butter and jelly sandwiches I ever ate.
0: And I also have this memory of the night I saw it. A cup or something fell and rolled across the stage, and you just held for it, and it was uproarious. I don't know. I'm sure things happen like that all the time, but those those are my memories of St. Elmo's Fire.
1: Well, I do love... That we obviously uh, took artistic license again. Yeah. Because, you know, when we did Valley of the Dolls, we didn't change any of the lines. Right. I mean, we warped stuff. And when we just did the Golden Girls... Yes. We didn't change any of the lines. That was right. our rule. Don't change any of the lines. Even right. though <laughs> something went horribly wrong once and we... You changed? I was well, at the very just... first performance. <clears throat> so when did something go wrong? Well, there was a, there was a part where... The one where we have the flu... Where I gave, like, Sh- Sherry, who was playing, Sherry Vine, who was playing um, uh, Blanche. Right. I wanted to say Rue. But she- right. Um, I shot her a dirty look. Yeah. Um, and she gave me a dirty look. And the audience was just like, oh, like cat fight. And then we started laughing. Right. Then Sherry took her earrings off, her clip-on earrings, and threw them on the table like we were, you know, rumble. two cholas who were going <laughs> to rumble. Exactly. <laughs> And then, um, oh, and the, it was about her wanting to watch Another World. And right. I'm like, well, well you can't... cannot watch Another World. Why not? And I, because you watched it yesterday, that's precisely why I have to watch it today. Yep. That's why they say stay tuned for the continuing story of yep. Another World. So, anyway, that's how it started the whole fight. So, I ended up trying to say a line and she's like uh translation please and the audience just started laughing and then i looked at her and i waited for the laughter and i said translation somebody's not watching their fucking soap opera like totally dropped the b arthur voice and just said it as me
0: yeah so. that was an amazing production it was recently casita de campo you were b arthur sherry was blanche Brew. Brew. Uh, Drew Drogie was Betty White, um, Rose, and Sam Pancake was Sophia. And it was mm-hmm. amazing. Are you guys going to do it again?
1: Yes, we definitely are. And Melanie Hutzel. Yeah, Melanie Hutzel. Jean, the lesbian.
0: Genius. Yeah. And I happened to be there with the guy that wrote that episode, and he was just beside himself with joy.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, what was amazing about it is I knew that you guys would have good costumes or whatever, but you have to keep changing. Yeah. So every time you came out, it was like everyone was in an amazing 80s costume. Like you and I did have, not phone that shit in no, at all.
1: No, we were like, and I gotta tell you, Mario Diaz, my you know the guy, my yes. best friend, and he's in Dirty Sanchez with me, and we've been in countless you know off Broadway shows and stuff together. But he's the one who's always like, like I remember when we were doing Dirty Sanchez, like when it was in its heyday, right? And we would this have was a, your band, yeah, yeah. We would have a concert, and he'd be like, "We need new costumes. What are we gonna do?" And I was like, let's just wear those costumes we already have. And he's like, no, we're getting new costumes. We have to come up with a complete concept. We need to re-choreograph this song because people have seen it too many times. And I would always be like, oh, God. Yeah, do these details really matter? And then you're on stage, and honey, they do. And I'm looking over at him like, thank God you pushed it. I am so naturally lazy. You know, like even before cell phones, I wanted to phone it in. But, uh, so I felt the same way. He's like, look, look, I've seen the Queens do this in San Francisco because Heclina has done it. Right. And there was a part of me that's like, can I even do this? I mean, Hecklina's already done it. And I thought, look, she wasn't the first to do it. Drag Queens have been doing the Golden Girls. There's no reason why we can't do it. It'll be a little different approach with Sam and Drew, you know, because then it's like the Golden Girls on acid. Right. But Mario was like, I got to warn you, it was all about the costumes. If you guys do not turn it out, like, every time you come on stage, I mean, you yeah. know, it's the Golden Girls, and it's the 80s, and it's like, you know. Because
0: I think, I think people weren't expecting that level of production, because it was one weekend in Casita del Campo, and you're like, holy shit, outfit after outfit after outfit. And the performances were funny, the whole, um, the whole premise is great, you guys doing it, but it really, like, it really did elevate it. It was amazing.
1: Yeah, and we showed 80s commercials that we ripped from YouTube. Oh, my God. Because I thought, like, I don't want, you know, we have to keep the audience interested, but they do want these costume changes.
0: Like, Tab, Cola. And my favorite was Shasta. Oh,
1: Shasta. That was a
0: catchy little tune. And,
1: you know, that was actually much earlier in the 80s than. But the Shasta guy was hot. yeah. Totally. Don't up. give me that soft
0: song. That was like a good song. Same too.
1: old cola. I wanna, wanna rock and roll up. I wanna pop, pop, pop. I wanna. It was so new wave.
0: Shasta. That's yeah. a really good song. And then song. there's a female one. Yes. Yeah. I guess, apparently. So uh, I hear. No, there
1: is. And there was, and yeah. we showed it. Yeah. But let me just say one more thing 25 years of doing drag. I'm not kidding you. When I first walked out, I think that's the longest people have clapped. For like a star entrance. Yeah, because we each had our entrance. Yeah. And we both picked our first outfits very carefully. But when I walked out and I was wearing like literally 17 different versions of avocado, harvest gold. At crew, you know what I mean? At all these different levels. Like, right. Like, you know, a big cowl neck with rolled up sleeves and then a vest and then another vest that's too long and culottes <laughs> and those boots and everything she wore was always the weirdest length. Yes. Like, it's too short for her because she's wearing those scrunchy boots. Anyway, I'm telling you, 25 years of performing, when I walked out, it was like, you know, 75 people screaming at the top of their lungs. And that
0: must feel amazing. Is it kind of delicious it's a or a little you, frightening? Because you're like, I just, I, I like, have, to, I have lines to say soon.
1: Well, it's like, okay, now I gotta actually deliver, right?
0: So. And uh, your B Arthur is flawless, and you did it also at the mismatch game for the first time this year. You've done it twice, and it was so fun to get you in the mix. What is B Arthur? Was that something that you just kind of? Always knew how to, you know, you watched her and you kind of take it on. Or did you have to look at her and work well, at it? Or
1: Here's the thing. I don't know if I really do that great of a... First of all, I really think it's in my blood. Yeah. Like, you know, the withering glances. Yeah. The double takes. The like... It's a disgust. Yeah. You know, that looking at people like, you idiot. Right. And uh, and the weirdest thing is I'm not a big fan of Maude. Right. I really don't enjoy Maude. I right. think she is unattractive. Everyone's yelling. Right, But on the Golden Girls and anything else, I think B. Arthur is my spirit animal. <laughs> but I think it, at first, when, when, when I first did, because uh, that's the first time I ever yeah. did her, was Mismatch Game. Right. Oh, I that was mean, the first time yeah. you'd ever done her? And it dawned on me that you have to do it the way people remember, so you have to do it a lot lower than right. she really was, you know. Right. And watching, you know, doing an episode of the Golden Girls is easier because you're saying things that she actually yeah, said. so, you, so you can... Remember how she would have said yeah, that. Yeah, you can yeah. watch it and do it. And some of the ways she said things. Yeah. But on Mismatch Game... You're talking you know, about
0: Miley Cyrus or this, Yeah, game, but... I don't
1: think she ever said, you know, <laughs> power bottom. <laughs> right. Well, not on TV. In her yeah. private life, she said it many times.
0: Now, you killed it as a panelist on Mismatch, which didn't surprise me at all. Your penmanship... I want to <laughs> fuck those cards. They're so, your printing was so beautiful. Every time you'd hold up a thing, I would just like, I just love it. I like a nice print. You know, I like, I have pretty good handwriting. I'm like, You do? Yeah, I'm into that. Like, and you, and, and we do the card auctions all the time and you sold, all your cards sold because everyone loved your answers, but also they were like yeah. little works of well,
1: art. you know what? Let me just say that yeah. these cards and what yeah. you're describing yeah. is me in a nutshell and especially my drag in a nutshell. I always joke, if you are blind, then you get to hear me sing and hear all the funny things I'm saying. If you are deaf, you get to see the two-hour makeup job and the stupid outfit that, you know, I put together at three different thrift stores, you know, it's like an 80s workout, you know, on another planet, or, you know, working girls on acid, or, you know. But if you are blessed with both, you know, science and hearing, then you really hit the jackpot. Yeah, you've got it all. So... I just feel like I do the kind of show that I would want to see, and it's an attention to detail, and it's like, if you're going to hold up a card, I mean, you know, I feel bad if somebody doesn't have good handwriting, there's nothing they can do about it, but I don't know exactly what I... I mean, it's like singing a parody... And then I sing the fuck out of it. Right. Like, oh my God. Like, she's really hitting the notes and she's really a good singer. I've had people after shows be like, you're really a good singer. Almost like, why are you throwing it away by just singing these funny songs? And I don't think making people laugh is throwing it away or
0: should be, you know. Like, you should be singing Ave Maria.
1: The dogs are wrestling. The
0: dogs are wrestling. It's it's cute. I don't even know if it'll pick up that much.
1: It Um, sounds like a tap dance routine. Exactly.
0: Um... No, they're so cute. I know, but the people can't. Do you have a favorite? No, of course, but
1: you wouldn't say in front of them ever. Well, listen, <laughs> Lil' sister, yeah, who's the older one? Right, she is a beauty, yeah. But Tony is cute, yeah. I mean, she's everyone's like, oh my god, I want to take this dog home. She's yeah. so cute. And then, uh, darling, she's sort of the troubled one. You know, she was. Oh my God, they're making so much noise. It's okay,
0: it's totally fine. With Which
1: nothing, just a little vodka in their bowl of water can.
0: <laughs> now you mentioned your, your parodies of your songs. Was there, they're really clever and edgy and fun. Was there one that upset people? Was there ever something in you've done in your work where everyone was like, oh, you've gone too far, I can't believe you said that? Or,
1: well, I do an or, 80s medley. Right. Kind of infamous 80s medley now. And it deals with, you know, Everything, abortion, specifically abortion clinics, and the people who think blowing up an abortion clinic makes sense. And, you know, so I do all these. That's a please don't kill your baby, (laughs) please don't kill it. No. Anyway, it's all these great songs from the 80s, and it's 20 minutes long. Right. And it ends with the song Africa
0: by by Toto, Toto, which
1: I already think is a horrible song. Right. I hate that song. It's horrible.
0: I liked that song when it came out, and I bought it. And the reason I remember I bought it was it was when it was a 45 record, but with only one side. They decided, we're not going to give you two songs anymore. And it was for, like, two months, and the song I bought was Africa by Toto.
1: I remember when I first met Alexis Arquette, I went to his family's house. This is when he still lived at home. Right. And I I say he because back then, that's my memory. But anyway, uh, I went to her house, and they had a 45 on the wall, but it was in the shape of Africa. Oh my gosh. Yeah, because you know, they Rosanna also did was, Rosanna because yeah. they dated or had an affair or something. But anyway, the song is about how in the early eighties I took a um I took a safari vacation. Right. To uh, Africa and the tour guide was really hunky and I thought he was sort of winking at me and, you know, I thought he was flirting. So later that night in my tent, you know, it was dark and I I thought it was him, you know, yeah. sort of getting frisky with me. And it turned out that I was being raped by a chimp and that I uh, I started AIDS down in Africa and when I sing, I started AIDS down in Africa, every single person reacts, either with disgust, they, some people bark. Okay, you guys, mommy's talking about one of her biggest hits. But also, you
0: don't just sing it once, it's the refrain. So yeah, you sing it And it just over. goes on and on. And- <laughs> yeah so some
1: people stood up and cheered like it was the best thing they'd ever heard because it's just so beyond ludicrous of course and it's and also it's what's funny is you're
0: taking credit for it like it's kind of like yeah. you're yeah. kind of proud of it a little bit like it, yeah i'm like yeah because <laughs> in you know between, that big thing that's ruining everything this kid right in, here in between i was I, there
1: before I anybody was, in between i'm like you know yeah it was me it, it feels good <laughs> to finally get this off my chest i'm so sorry you guys yeah, so, uh, yeah, everyone reacts to that, and everyone yeah. remembers that. And they're like, sing that song. And I'm like, that's one song at the end of a 20-minute medley. So, but the one that really that I remember is uh, Brian Adams has a song called Heaven. Right. And I changed it to Seven. Right. About the age of the person I'm dating. <laughs> and I always have to point out that, like the butt of the joke is not the seven-year-old that's being taken advantage of or abused. I mean, I am not a pedophile. The butt of the joke is the fucking person who thinks this is a valid... relationship and the fact that the song is so heartfelt and so serious Maybe you're all that i want yeah it's when like you're lying here in my arms uh, okay. and finding it hard to believe you're just seven <laughs> and the moment i hit that seven they lose it <laughs> where is the place that have you ever been
0: booked somewhere where you're like oh they clearly didn't know what they were in
1: for oh. Where but were you I, at?
0: Where you were like, oh shit! Well, they, I just saw, they should have clipped. They should have done some uh, YouTubing.
1: Yeah, Lady Bunny was just uh, here at Casita, and I yeah. we went to see the show. And the next day, we went to lunch, and she reminded me the very first gay cruise I did right. was not Atlantis. Right? You know, on one of these big, gorgeous. It was called Pillage and Plunder. Okay. They were shooting a porn on the ship. Wow! And when I say ship. This was a barnacle-encrusted, right? you know, barely seaworthy. It was horrible. My room was the weirdest. Like, it had this weird, like, something out of Poseidon Adventure when they would open one of those metal doors. Yeah. It was like, obviously, it was a crew room. It right. It was teeny tiny. I jokingly said that the bed was like... Um, a panty liner precariously perched on a rye crisp cracker. It was like not only a ship, but it was like tiny in a European way. Right. So anyway, this was before YouTube. Right. But you know, I think you could still hear my songs, like on. I think I had a website then right. and everything. Um, it wasn't 1912 or anything. <laughs> but anyway, I did my show and people were just—they were older. Right. They weren't feeling it. They were not having it. And the next <laughs> You're stuck day, with them. Yeah, the next day I was playing uh, a slot machine in the casino. Right. And this older queen was like, I think I know who you are. And I, don't, and I want you to know that we did not appreciate your show last night. And I'm like, well, thank you for telling me. I really do not care. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just think you should tone it down. And I said, I do not care what you think. <laughs> And I, you know, short of saying you are an old fart who obviously has no fucking sense of humor, you know, go back to Fort Lauderdale, and you know.
0: Now you were saying earlier, like two hours to put on makeup to do it. Is it tedious or is it like zen-like? Or are you some days it's fine, and some days you're like, I can't fucking do this one more time.
1: I have come to peace. (laughs) You get what you got to do. I hate it. Right. It is. 2,000 opportunities for something to go wrong. When you're shaving, are you going to cut your face? Yeah. Which means, and you know, when you cut yourself shaving, yes, that's... sometimes it never stops bleeding. Right. Like, you know, uh, and you know, I have to smear flesh colored butter into yeah. it and do a fucking show. Can I say fuck?
0: Yeah, for sure. Fuck,
1: fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and then you're doing it, and you're doing the eyebrows, and uh-oh, that one's re- higher, or the yeah. arch isn't right, so you do the other one a little higher, and then it gets a little higher, and then it's like, oh my god, I'm bozo.
0: So every time you do it, you you can, your own artistry can not work out for you.
1: Yeah, well, I'm just saying that, It takes you know, a while,
0: it's not, in other words, you, it's not, you just don't go on autopilot, it's...
1: I mean, there's parts of it that are autopilot, but there's always something. Yeah. The brush messes up. You right. drop something, and it smears against your... You know what I mean? Right. Like, you have something on... You're resting one finger here, and, you know, you didn't realize you had makeup on your fingertip. Right. And then you have to clean this part and start over. You put the eyelashes on, and, like, something gets in your eye, and it starts watering, and right. then, like, you know, it's literally dripping down your face. Like, there's just so many opportunities... And if one thing goes wrong, then you're running behind. And you're just like, oh, fuck. So yeah. it's always stressful a it's little bit. It's always stressful. Yeah. All so right. I was watching RuPaul's Drag Race once, and Ru was going table to table talking to the queens, and they were doing their makeup. And he said to one of the queens, like, you seem stressed out. I just really don't like doing my makeup. And Ru was like, really? I love doing my makeup. And I was like, Bitch. You liar. First of all, how come you're never in makeup then? Second of all, when was the last time you did your own fucking makeup?
0: Yes, everyone knows Rue's got like the this person that does it.
1: Matthew Anderson. Yes, who's amazing. Who a genius. Yeah. Oh, I want Matthew to do my makeup one day. Has he never done it? No. Yeah. But we're friendly. and Good. He should.
0: Right. How has that show changed the drag world as you see it? And, well, and where you're at in it. And again, stuff like
1: that. you know, Bunny yeah. and Sherry and I, people like that. Yeah. You know, we discuss how difficult it is now because there's like 80 losers. And I'm not even being mean. They're no. losers. Right. They didn't win. Right. But they're famous. Everybody wants to have their picture taken with them so they can put it on Facebook. Right. You know, I met so-and-so. So... There, I, you know, I remember when it first started, after the first season, I would go perform somewhere, and this one club owner, he's like, oh, we had a couple of those drag race girls. And I said, how did it go? It was packed, but their idea of a show is one or two numbers, Mm lip-synced. You know, I do a, I can do a 90-minute show Mm -hmm. of live singing, talking to the audience, you know, like stand-up comedy, so it's a little hard so I sum it up by saying it's very difficult being more talented than famous, right? Because there's only so many, you know, and there's so many of them now that right. they will work for, you know, cheap, right? You know, they're twenty,
0: right? So they're just they're just trying to get out there and you know, and they'll and the clubs will book them and they can get them cheap and, and they've got a name, and...
1: yeah. And then some fall by the wayside because they're just not that good, right? It's just not that entertaining. I mean, by the same token, even. You know, I mean, if you're lip syncing and you're, you know, you're fierce and you're, you know. Right. Then yeah, the, most people are drunk anyway, so they recognize you from TV and they don't even know that you're bad.
0: Now, would somebody at your level ever do that show? Because there are people that I feel like have been on there that were like, oh, they probably were really established where they were. You know, and they just, they if you can't beat them, join them kind of thing.
1: Well... You know, there's been this rumor that they're going to do the Monsters of Drag or right. Legends. Right. And from what I've heard, Logo is not interested. They want young, young, young. And that's why a lot of these queens on Drag Race, the new ones, have done drag for like a year. Yeah. Or they'll start doing drag just, just to, to be, try on, to the be show, on the show. Yeah. Which angers me a little bit. Right. But, you know, that's... It's anything with gay rights. Yeah. You know, it's like, yes it's become more boring and it's not as cutting edge and it's not as artistic and it's not as interesting, but at least you don't, you know, get beat up with right. a baseball bat. So, you know, you take the good with the bad, but right.
0: And if you were a kid watching that show, you know, around the time you saw Carrie or whatever, at least it's something out there that's, that's different. You
1: know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, what bothers me the most, and, and I've heard Bunny say this is I just don't want, Kids to think that there's one way to do drag, right? And that is drag race. I host this show in Pomona at a club called 340. Mm-hmm. Every Friday when I'm in town, right? Um, we do last bitch standing, and it's you know pretty much a drag contest. And they all put dark brown on the side of their nose, like way too dark for their skin tone or, their, right. or the makeup they're wearing, because they have this idea that they need to contour their nose, even if they have a small nose, right? It's like, not everybody has to do that. And, you, and if you're going to do it, you do one shade darker. You know what I mean? It's got to right. be an art and it's got to be subtle. So they all do that. They all wear blue contact lenses. They all put a wig under a wig and then take the one wig off. They all do these death drops. Yeah, they the jump shablams the, or whatever. The it's f- just like, why don't you just learn your fucking song <laughs> and like actually be entertaining? Yeah.
0: So. I got you. I got you. Now, you've done some cool different uh, kind of feature film stuff. You were in Flawless...
1: Yeah, with- I've been in two movies called Flawless. The first was the Joel Schumacher yeah. with the... Uh, the late
0: film of Seymour Hoffman and Robert De Niro. Robert De Niro. That what was- do you remember about that? What was your favorite movie? I remember
1: that? Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman was the sweetest person and very, very generous. He was very, very soft-spoken. But we were in a scene where we were the, with the log cabin Republicans. <laughs> right. And I just remember him like stopping and going, you know, I think Jackie should say this line. So he gave me one of his lines. It got cut out, right? But he gave me one of his lines. He was very sweet. I mean, ultimately, didn't like, didn't love the movie, and I was. He didn't, or you didn't. I didn't, and I was a little confused by his performance. Right? Like, are you a tranny? Are you a drag queen? You did you
0: feel that when you were there, or was it more like when you saw it?
1: No, I felt it a little bit. Like, I just didn't understand. But, you know, everyone's different. Sure. Again, I know queens like that. Yeah. So they're more on this side of the spectrum of like during the day they might work a look that is sort of half male, half female or, you know. But to me, I liked, you know, like Mona Foot, Nashom. Yeah. Mona Foot's character. Like, I think drag queens are actually pretty butch. Yeah. stand up for themselves and they're not soft spoken. So it was just a weird choice, but you know, he's a straight guy and I think it was courageous to take the part and it Were
0: you great. in New York? Yes, uh-huh. Yeah. So you were I remember you were here and then you went to New York for the Valley of All thing, and you just stayed. Yeah. And how did your time in New York change what you do? Oh, I know it, you met new, you know, people like Mario yeah. and like how did it sort of transform your life?
1: Well, I was terrified to go to New York. Because I just thought, you know, oh, maybe I'm just a big fish in a little pond type right. of thing. Uh, and I was terrified, and I thought it's a completely different level. And Did
0: you know you were going to stay after the show, or you are just going no. to go do the show and see what happens? No. Yeah. I
1: drove my dogs to my sister's house in Arizona. I wouldn't right. put them on a plane. That's how, what a right. dog freak I am. Drove my dogs to my sister's in Arizona, put everything in um, storage... And got rid of my apartment and went to New York and slept on, you know, Sherry Vine's couch for way too long. I mean, like, you know, a week becomes a month becomes a year. And right. then I remember Sherry coming home from the gym and going, there's a big bulletin board at the gym and it's just full of available apartments. <laughs> and I was like, this oh, This feels like okay. Laverne.
0: I want to see Laverne and Shirley with you two. Right. In the apartment. Yeah, I want to yeah. see that show.
1: <laughs> so, no, but I... Um, I was, I was nervous, is my point, and I remember, this is how long ago it was, I went, out to, I went out to Mario's Club and everybody's club every night in drag with a cassette tape and said, I'll do a number for free if you want, and they were always like, oh, great. Yeah, why not? And I did it. And then I would say after a week or 10 days of doing that, my phone was ringing off the hook and I worked nonstop and it just kind of dawned on me like, oh, there's kind of crappy people everywhere and I'm not crappy. It sounds egotistical. No, but, but just, you, why know, not you, you, to you bring
0: shame. a level of professionalism
1: yeah, it's, like entertainment it's yeah, and entertainment. Because most, a lot of people aren't funny. Yeah. You know, like everybody thinks they're funny. It's like, you know, in this day and age of the internet, everybody thinks they're a writer. It's like, no, you're a typist. Yeah. You know, it's like, and everybody thinks they're a critic. Yeah. It's like, there's actually an art to it. Yeah. Remember when, you know, and I know him personally, so I feel bad, but I've written this and he actually agreed with me, but like Perez Hilton, I remember back in the day when even being a gossip columnist, you had to like, you know, be witty and like, there's, there's, there's an art to being snarky. It has to feel good. It has to be entertaining and but now you know it's just like oh just you know this person looks like shit and this person is a slut <laughs> right? uh, She she agrees she agrees wholeheartedly
0: um is there a song that's like your I will always love you that's like you better sing that fucking <laughs> song is there a song that's like your Titanic that everyone you know what <laughs> I mean?
1: Yeah. or was there for
0: periods of <laughs> time?
1: oh my god would you shut it? <laughs> Or I will take you over to the Filipino neighbors. That was really bad. I would like to apologize. That was I can stereotyping. cut that stereotyping. <laughs> that was stereotyping. Right. Um, I think that my sort of theme song and like you know it has like well over a million views on youtube and stuff it would have to be baby got front (laughs) which is you know my parody of sir mix-a-lots baby got back and instead of about big butts about big penises yeah so
0: was there a moment early on when you you were doing it where you were like yes this is i i found my thing
1: you mean that song
0: yeah no no in general
1: Because your
0: first time, it was probably like, okay, this is I'm feeling this out. But was there a moment where you're like, oh yes, this is what I'm going to be doing?
1: Yes, yeah, I think there was a a moment where it was like, uh, first of all, song parodies are my favorite thing, and a lot of people are like, oh, it's the lowest form. No, I think they're amazing if
0: they're crafted well, and yours are. I'm just saying
1: that there are people who consider it the lowest form of comedy. But uh, I think what I love about it is, first of all, people expect so little from a drag show. So yeah. the fact that I'm singing live and that it's actually funny, the material would work. Ah! Okay, I have had. Ah! <laughs> I, I am going. Ah! Maybe if I held her. Yeah. Is it
0: the same one every time? Why
1: are you making noise? Come here. Yeah. Okay. No, she, well,
0: she's not going to run. Okay. okay. No worries. I don't know what I'm saying. What was I saying? We were talking about song parodies.
1: Oh. I I think that a lot of people think they can do song parodies, and I think... See, here's what I find. If you are inspired too much by somebody else, like, let's just say you were a young drag queen and you saw Jackie Beat videos. right. And you thought, oh, she's bitchy to the audience and she yells at people and she goes out into the audience and she makes fun of them and then she sings like a a song parody about poop or sucking cock. It's like you're missing the point. It's like, first of all, I make fun of myself first. I make myself vulnerable. I poke fun at myself. When I go out into the audience, anything I say is, first of all, Brilliant. <laughs> but it's also like comes from a place of love, or the joke is that I'm ignorant. You know, like if right. somebody is, you know, Hispanic, I will do like the joke is that I'm a stupid white lady. Yeah, you just, don't get it. Right. Yeah, like, so where do you blow leaves? You know, yeah. I don't know. even But uh, but they just all they see is the cunty part. Right. Like I'm just gonna be a bitch. And I don't know, it just doesn't work. And then Like, song parodies. It's like, you can write any song about, like, the grossest stuff, but for me, a song parody, it has to start one place and then go somewhere else. You know what I mean? There has to be a little plot twist. Yeah. Like, Santa's Baby. Yeah. Look it up on YouTube. (laughs) You don't see it coming. Yeah. Right. It's like, you know, I claim that I was raped by Santa, (laughs) and I'm pregnant with his baby. It could happen. It totally could. Yeah. But, the very end it wasn't rape that's the <laughs> only way i can have an abortion is to claim it was rape right not that that's you know <laughs> and try to make
0: that rhyme and it's in the meter of a song that's brilliant right thank, thank you. you
1: thank you and then so here's what i'm gonna say one of my favorite things is to do an old standard because right. the music is so old-fashioned and the original is just so sweet and heartfelt can i request
0: a song and you may have already written it yeah
1: Undetectable. Oh, that's good. That's what you are. Undetectable. Undetectable. <laughs> Fuck in a car. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Get in my car. <laughs> and
0: you do the Natalie Cole thing where she sings with her dead father or whatever. Um, yeah.
1: Suddenly, you are respectable. In the gay community, because you're undetectable. Yeah, something like yeah, and that. And you think
0: be... I'm undetectable, That's too. really good. I might have to do it. I might it's, have to it's do a, that. Okay, you, you run with that. I'm
1: happy if you do. Yeah. Well, what I, you? I, I Listen, I want people to know that I take suggestions. Yes. But only the title.
0: Okay, because so we're people, good
1: where we are right yeah, now. Yeah, somebody told me, um, you know, hey, what if you did Retouch My Body? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> yeah. By Mariah Carey. That's a really popular one. Yeah. So I love taking ideas. Yeah, good. What brought you back to L.A.? Uh, I came back to write for a TV show called Hype. Oh, yeah. And this was a while ago. This is
0: where which Nadia worked on. And <laughs> That's where I yeah. met Nadia. Yeah, and a lot of that, a lot of your... Closest friends are all from that time in that era. Mario, you met in New York.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And Mario had just sort of had enough of New York. And so he came out here and has done really well and lives in a big giant house and, you know, does clubs, but also, you know, acting and dancing.
0: And all that stuff. Now, you perform. You also write. You were um, the head writer on Hello, Ross. On Not the, the head
1: writer. Okay. A lot of people think that. But I mean, Maybe first of all, cause... there was very few writers. Yeah. Ross works with uh, this girl, Taya. Right. Well, she's a woman, so I should say. But I had it in my head that they've known each other since high school. So Right. He, uh, a girlfriend of his from high school, Taya. And the great thing is she always taps into that sort of, like, you know, innocent eight-year-old girl inside right. of Ross. So his, he can make his funny jokes about, you know, say by the Bell and, you know, writing a guy's name all over, you know, a piece of binder paper that kind of girlish right. and then i of course am the drag queen and the bitchy and stuff that ross can never say but we can go to that edge and then figure out a way for him to say it even if it's like i would never say this right blah 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 but we did have a head writer and it was a friend of uh, ross's that he worked with forever on the tonight show right on because when the tonight show ended to get this guy you know yeah i had to make him head writer which is yeah. fine which is great.
0: Now, it was fun I to have watch. have no
1: problem with it. No. <laughs> it was fun to watch because I,
0: I could always hear, oh, that's a Jackie line. That sounds like a Jackie line. Did you, Was it a fun show to work on?
1: It was. It yeah. was so much fun. I mean, you know, it's the type of show you feel guilty that you're getting paid. Right. But uh, I think that, you know, I used to hear that a lot with Fashion Police.
0: Right. Because like, Jackie oh, and I worked on Fashion Police together. We yeah. sat across the table and you killed it. You brought so many funny jokes to that table. Oh, but yeah. people
1: would be like, oh, I could tell that was your joke. And I'd be like, that wasn't my joke. Right. But it's great that I could sort of channel Joan. Yeah. And that, like, if you sat at that table for any period of time, you figured out what worked and what didn't. Although sometimes, you know, some wild card. In other words, I just think it's great that we all, you know, like, you think you have it figured out who wrote that joke.
0: Right. When uh, Joan... I think it was either when she passed or when she, it looked like she was going to, you posted something nice on Facebook. What's your favorite memory of her?
1: Um, oh, geez. I really think, and I did post this, and this seems like it's not a very nice memory, but I think one of my favorite memories was being at her house the day after Whitney Houston died. hmm and it was the Grammys. Yeah.
0: It was right before the Grammys when yeah. she died.
1: And I had just been hired and they were like, instead of going to the um going to E and watching Grammys with the other writers, you know, and working, we want you to come and watch the pre-show with Joan at her house. Right. She likes tone- to have
0: a few people around. Yeah, right? yeah.
1: And I felt like, oh, I felt special. Yeah. You know. And, uh, so anyway, we're at the house and, uh, she, we were horrible. I mean, just horrible. The way comedians are and the way gay people are and the way Jews are. I mean, that's just, it's gallows humor. You make jokes and you're safe with friends and you can say horrible things. And right. we were. Right. And she turned to me and she's like, get it all out, honey. Cause none of this can go on TV. Right. And I just felt like I was in the inner sanctum and like, you know, I was really hearing, you know, the good stuff. Yeah. You know, the real A-list material that like most people couldn't handle. Yeah. Another good memory was once I was performing in New York and she was in New York. They were doing like fashion week and we all met at her house. I just happened to be there. Right. We were all going to do it via email, but I was there anyway doing a show. So... I went to her amazing place on Park Avenue. Right. And I mean, nothing can prepare you. Gold, everything, like, just gorgeous. But, you know, her dog running around and like, oh, careful, he farts and, you know. Right. So she was simultaneously glamorous and elitist and, you know, but warm. Right. And earthy, if you will. Anyway, so we sat down and she was like, you know, are you hungry? You know, because she was always, are you hungry? Right. Although, if I was too hungry, she'd give me a look. Like, really? Do you need the third cookie? <laughs> anyway, Would she really? A uh, little bit. I used to
0: chow down on those pretzel M&Ms at the, well, ta- the writers' table. No, they were good.
1: So, my point is, we were sitting there, and I think she was like, are you hungry? I think there's a little food around the corner. Yeah. I go around the corner. A little food around the corner? Yeah. Really, Joan? You mean this huge spread on silver with candelabras... You know, rack of lamb. I'm not even joking. (laughs) Like rack of lamb, a man standing there in a tuxedo with white gloves. Would you like some lamb, sir? Right. Like, okay, yeah, I get it. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, was
0: you perform? You write. If the phone could ring tomorrow with your dream gig, what would it be? Would it be performing? Would it be writing? Would it be both? Would it be your own show?
1: Oh, well, my first instinct is to say Broadway. Right. Wow. That's into- That surprises me. But then there's a part of me that's like, now remember how easily bored you get. Because as a drag queen, I don't even think I'm the best. I mean, my makeup is good and its signature. Right. But, like, Lady Bunny always has big blonde hair. Right. Coco Peru always has her red flip. Right. Like, you know, you need to brand yourself and have that, you know, silhouette. And like I said, I think my makeup is pretty signature, but I get so bored so I do 60s, and then I do 70s, and then I do 80s, and then I do, like, an old lady. Right. And then, I, you know, so I've done every hair color, every hairstyle. I do sort of African-American drag. Right. And then, you know, oh, I'm wearing a sari, and I have a bindi, and I'm, you yeah. know, in a Bollywood production number. So I am very easily bored. So my... The, the idea s- of
0: Broadway sounds great, but then the reality... Because I could do it. Like going into a show, like an established show or doing something of your own on on Broadway. Do you I know th- what I mean? I being in the, like airspray or something See, I like, like the I
1: idea of being in a show because yeah. so much of what I do is stuff that I've written. Yeah. And it's all alone. And I love that freedom and I like to be the only one get, making the money and, you know, I don't... But there's something about being in a play. Yeah. You know, like every once in a while I just... That's why we did Golden Girls even though it's, you know, not the most creatively, you know...
0: I just know, and I relate to that because I've done a lot of stuff as a freelancer, but then sometimes when you get a job and you're part of a team and you don't have to, you you know, you go to the supply cabinet and there's a notebook for you, you don't have to buy your own notebook. Like, oh, it's not just me doing everything. That's a real relief sometimes.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I like, because, you know, I'm sort of infamous for using my music stand. Right, right. Because I have a mental block. I really do. I'm terrified. Look, I don't have a piano player tinkling the ivories, so if I go blank... That track's going to keep going. Yeah, that track keeps going. And I don't know about you, I've never gone to a show and thought, wow, what an amazing memory that person has. My job is to make them laugh. I don't want the show to come to a screeching halt because I had a brain fart. Right. So I always have my music stand. But every once in a while, I want to do something that requires rehearsal and focus and other people and you know uh you know like just just something that's a little more artistic and different right you know that's why i wrote uh whatever happened to busty jane yeah i was like i want to do a play now how am i going to get every queen no matter how old or what they're into how am i going to get every queen to buy a ticket Right. And I thought eighties porn right. meets whatever happened to Baby Jane.
0: Bingo. It's right in my sweet spot.
1: Whatever happened to Busty Jane. Mm-hmm. This horrible, like Angeline-esque, right. you know, uh porn star from the eighties with, you know, fried bleach blonde hair and boobs literally as bigger than watermelon. because there are those porn stars those crazy augmented 80s ones like Christy Canyon and yeah yeah. so but she's all broken down now still wearing the same outfits still living in an apartment with her brother so she was Busty Jane hard on right and her brother was Branch hard on gay porn's first um, power bottom right and he's wearing full leather who did that who played that Mario Mario? and he's He's in a wheelchair it's a lot he's in a wheelchair because he has AIDS okay all right. at the end, you find out he doesn't. Yeah. Because when they're on the beach and he's dying, you know, they live in their 80s apartment, which right. is all Nagel still, but it's modern day. Amazing. Yeah.
0: I hope you bring that back.
1: I didn't get it's to see it. It's so funny. Where did you do it? And Sam Pancake was in it and yeah. Selene and Nadia. Right. We did it at Casita. Fantastic. And I, I think people were blown away because we actually did a set and it was really good. i hope you do it but again. But at the end where he's dying on the beach, yeah. you know... He finds a letter from the L.A. Free Clinic in my purse saying, "Congratulations, you do not have the AIDS." And you had tormented him the whole time. I just in lied Maine. because I didn't want to be alone. It's real. And then he bet like, you are. So he gets up out of the wheelchair. Yeah. And he takes a surfboard away from somebody who's because it's his favorite thing in the world is surfing. Yeah. That and getting fucked in the butt. <laughs> so he's gonna surf and then he's gonna go get fucked in the butt. This is horrible. That's right. And then it's me like. To the song yeah. "Wipe Out," watching, and I'm like, "That's it, yeah, hang ten, blah blah blah." And then he wipes out. The lights go out. They come up. He's back in the wheelchair. <laughs> if it's any consolation, you did more living in those thirty seconds oh than most God. people do in their entire lives. Yeah, <laughs>
0: so. but it's not a lot of consolation. Who's been your most surprising fan? Is there some a famous person that would like that came and saw? Didn't Liza come and see you in the? Uh, in Casita. And I know that uh, Mr. Yeah. Dan, the host, always tells that story. Yeah.
1: Liza. Well, I'm friends with Parker Posey. Right. Who I think is one of the most amazing actresses She was so ever. great in that Louis. Well. She so,
0: and she's great in everything. But yeah, I, she But recently
1: I loved her in that. She's one of those people who, like, you watch her and you're like, I would never in a million years have thought of doing the line that way. Yeah. Like, she always surprises me. She elevates everything. I yeah. mean. She was in, like, uh, Scream 3 or whatever. Wasn't she in, like, Blade 3? Yeah. (laughs) Like, she always makes me laugh, and I love her, and she's, you know, a great person. So, anyway, she was in a movie called The O in Ohio with uh, with, um, Miss Liza Minnelli. Right. And so she brought Liza to my Christmas show, you know, at Casita. I love love the idea of Liza going down those stairs. The lights come up, and let me tell you, looking down... And seeing a drag queen looking out and seeing Liza in the audience is like a priest looking out and seeing Jesus (laughs) sitting, you know, front row at his sermon. I was like, and I ignored her. I went out into the audience and I was talking to people. There was a, okay, this show had a big neon sign that said Jackie. And that was the, the, pretty much the set dressing. It was this big neon sign that said Jackie. And, um, and I was telling a joke and I told a really particularly bad joke and we like made the, the light flash and then go out. Right, like, like you a, literally, it was so bad you I killed I said, the light. And I said, oh my gosh. I'm like, I've finally done it. God is sending me a sign that I finally pushed it too far. He is not pleased with me. There is a line. I've crossed it. I feel terrible. So the sign is off for the whole show. I go out into the audience and I'm talking to people. And I said, you guys, you know what? I heard a rumor that there's a drag queen doing me now do you know what a drag queen is this is one of those fellas who dress up like a lady i know i don't get it either and i said and they impersonate famous people like myself i said you know you they say that once the drag queens start doing it doing you you've really made it and i'm standing right next to liza and i turned to her and i'm like you people will never understand i mean look who the hell i'm talking to and everybody laughed so, anyway, I'm ready. That bit
0: was always in the show. You just happened to be able to direct it no, to her. No, no. You put it in there. I
1: knew that I just wanted to say that right next to her. Amazing. I said, oh, you people will never understand what I'm talking about. I mean, look who I'm dealing with. And I, like, look right at her. And she just thought that was hilarious. So, at the end of the show, I do this little uh, speech. I'm like, you know what? Maybe God is mad at me. Maybe I do push it. But you know, I don't care. Because the most important thing is to make somebody laugh. To make them like forget the pain of everyday life, you know, and if I have to like get a little dirty or you know, okay, you're ruining my life. That was your big
0: am- that was your big fucking I'll yes. never grow hungry again exactly. moment.
1: Yeah. And you ruined it. Okay, so anyway, do you have the number for the pound? <laughs> So I do this whole thing where I'm like, you know, uh, I'd like to think that God has a sense of humor. And if it ends with somebody in the audience laughing, then it's okay. It's all worth it. Right. And then there's this, and then the sign comes on. Yeah. All alone, Liza Minnelli shoots out of her chair and is clapping. And then the whole audience got up. It was really amazing.
0: Well, that, also that story speaks to her. I bet it, I bet she loved it. But I also like, I get why that moment inspired her that way for and sure. And most
1: of my shows don't have yeah. like, you know, don't have a plot twist like that. <laughs> That's a
0: great one. That was pretty good.
1: Now, you've you've done a lot of all kinds of performing. <coughs>
0: you've worked on different shows <coughs> and they yeah, that look on your face is so withering B. B Arthur. We're well, almost I just, done.
1: I feel like yeah. Christina Crawford <laughs> is not getting enough attention <laughs> while Mommy Joan, the real star, is being interviewed for a podcast. <laughs> exactly. Don't you know what a
0: podcast is? How important they are? <sighs> um, when you, like a show ends, something ends or whatever. Was there a moment where, you're, where you were just like, fuck, what am I going to do now? And like, what sort of got you through like the... The ups and downs of, like, the the way the business works.
1: I have to say, I feel really blessed because I have so many supremely talented friends like Nadia Ginsburg. And these are not people who are not doing well, but you know what it's like to be an actual stand-up comedian or a sketch comedian or an actress or an actor. You're always waiting for somebody to, you know... Every audition is please love me. Yeah. I'm not good at that. Right. And, you know, whether you're a writer, it's always, you know, it's always hinged on somebody else's opinion of you, you know. So I just feel very blessed that like I have it sort of set up where I just pick up the phone or send an email. Hey, time for me to do a show, pack a bag. Or put some stuff in the trunk and drive over, and they just put a CD in and push play, and I sing and do what I do.
0: And you can and you can do that without getting having to. You don't need that. You can do that on your own. Right. In other words, that's
1: you, what I mean. Right. So I feel bad for like stand-up comedians and people who have to like
0: who need somebody know, to say yes. Yeah,
1: and people who have to go on auditions and stuff. So yeah. that's what I think. Listen, every job I've ever gotten has been we. I see what you do. I like what you do. I don't audition. People, like, write parts for me. Right. Uh, I don't really give a writing sample usually, you know. If yeah. somebody wants me to, be, you know, I'm friends with Ross. He knows I'm funny. He right. loves my show. So, uh, you know, Tony Tripoli, same with, you know, Fashion Police. Hype was, you know, Terry Sweeney and Lanier, Lanier Laney. Um they just—I re- was doing this thing online called "The Hideous Truth," which was fake celebrity gossip. And right. It was horrible, like horrible. This was like 2000, and I was writing about how—and you know—how young was Britney Spears in 2000? How right. she, you know, what pop star is already needing vaginal rejuvenation? Yeah, her, you know, her vagina resembles an unzipped bowling ball bag. You know, <laughs> just really rotten. Right. Like I would just sit and do stream of consciousness, like the meanest, and so that got me that job, right? So that brought me out here, and you know, I mean, like I'm in the Writers Guild, and I don't know, I just do what I do. I did I answer the question? Yeah, you did. What
0: What, what I took from it is you can do a cookie. You can do your own thing. Whether they're giving you, you know, if they're if they're giving you jobs and stuff, great. And if not, you've got your own thing. You you can you can. Do that, you can perform, and you can get by.
1: I'm having a cookie. You should have a cookie. I just feel like I have low blood sugar. Right. When I can't answer a question, yeah. you know. Okay. Now, um, I'm almost done. But I um, also Can I say one thing? Yes. Um, I also feel like I always want to be doing the complete opposite of what I'm doing. Right. So, for a while there, I was doing drag. You know, that's how I make my living. Right. Just drag, 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 and, you know, every weekend it was flying somewhere and then doing local shows and it was just, you know, and that gets, you know, I'm not a spring chicken as they say. Do you
0: ever think, oh, this, can't can't do this forever. Do you ever think about that or do you think, I can, I can
1: I think I could do it forever. Good. I feel like the brand of drag I do, the way I paint my face. Right. I mean, sure, I'm going to look like, you know, a sock puppet with the hand pulled out of it. But it's not like I'm doing high kicks. Right. It's m- comedy. Yeah. You know, and it's even funnier if I think I'm gorgeous and glamorous. Right. And, you know, so no, I think Good. I can do it forever and I will be jewel a fucking wheelchair. <laughs> Build a ramp. I'm doing. That's going to be the
0: name of this podcast because I like to pull a quote. I think it's going to be. I'm, I can be a fucking wheelchair. It was Yay. either going to be that or B Arthur is my spirit animal. Mm. Which of those? If you if I were going to name this podcast, one of those two things. Be Arthur is, is my, my spirit, spirit animal. animal. Okay,
1: I like that. But my point is that when I was doing drag, you know, day in and day out, and that was the way I was making my living, and you know that's when i was like i really wish i could just get on a tv show writing and then you know hello ross happened and i go into an office every single day and i've got a parking place and i love it and i just i love it and then there's a point where i'm like oh my god i have absolutely no freedom and when was the last time i did a show yeah so when the show ended i was like i am so ready to perform again yeah and now was it a big
0: blow when it ended
1: uh, yes, yeah it was, because we were such a family, we put so much into it. And the I show was doing pretty well, the right? The show was doing well. I mean, I can't get into it too much, right. but the executive producer was Chelsea Handler.
0: All right, that, do say, the, no,
1: do <laughs> say no more. Do the math. Right.
0: Did so, you meet her? Did you yes, see her? Yes. Do you like her? I like her very much. Yes. I like I like what I see of her, I've never met her, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, listen, a huge part of comedy is saying... Stuff before you think too much. Right. So if you're on Howard Stern, you might say something about E-Network. Right. Whether it's true or not. Right. And I think, you know, some of it was accurate. But I'm just saying, you know, you have to be careful what you say. Right. You know, I and, and the can, same thing about Joan. Yeah. I mean, listen, I love how out there she was and fearless, but then like something serious in the news... That maybe you should not comment on. At an airport or whatever, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, something about Israel and Palestine. You know what I'm saying. It's just like, ugh, I don't want to, you know, just make me laugh. What's your favorite part of what you do? Is it when you're on stage?
0: Is it the writing of it? When do you like, this is what it's this?
1: Honestly? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't want to be... Because sometimes I love...
0: Like, for example, this is something I love. I love doing the mismatch game, and I love going
1: out to eat with people afterwards. Oh, okay. Then it's very similar. Yeah. I think it's like wearing tight shoes, which, by the way, I don't. (laughs) You're thinking, oh, you're a drag queen, you wear high heels. I never wear high heels. Right. I, listen, I can sing and I'm funny. Right. Those bitches who cannot sing and who are not funny can wear fucking high heels. Yeah. Here's my point. It's like... You're wearing shoes and then you take them off and you're like, oh my God. But the only way to get that pleasure is to wear the tight shoes. I feel sorry for anyone who doesn't know what it's like to do a 90 minute show in full drag and then go back either home here, my favorite place in the world, or a hotel room And take it all off and just turn on the TV and like have some room service or a snack. And you know, it's just, oh, it's It's over. It's the after. And and it was sold out. Yeah. And they loved it. And that song killed. And but And my feet can breathe now. But the best part is when it's all over. Yeah. Oh, I survived again. Because every time I walk out on stage, I think this is the night where my luck runs out. No one's coming. I'm not gonna get any laughs. Wow! Oh my god! Seriously, that's amazing. I think that every time. Yeah.
0: What was your What was it like growing up? What was your family like? I was. Were you? Um, I, where did you grow up? Not Arizona, right? Yes, yeah, because I grew up in Holbrook, Arizona, up oh. north, and went to Arizona State. I find Arizona like I just don't. I don't have a lot of nostalgia for it as a place, even though I spent a lot of years there and I have people there that I love.
1: Well, I have a joke in my act. I'm like, you know. I said Scottsdale is a great place to grow up if you like southwestern art, the color beige and date rape, and who doesn't? <laughs> oh yeah, fifty percent of the population. What was your mall, Las Arcos? Yes, Los Arcos. Yeah, Lama with Pepe's. That's where I saw.
0: Pepe's, and you would do the the, the um, little Mexican flag. flag would go up when you wanted more tacos or whatever. more. cheese enchilada. Yes, and I sopapillas. love. But you love Mexican food, right? Oh, of course. And
1: sopapillas you don't get in L.A. No, it's a very it's a very Arizona, Arizona slash uh, New Mexico. Yeah, thing. sopapillas are delicious with honey. The last time I had yeah. sopapillas with honey was at the like Albuquerque uh, airport. Oh yes, yes. so no, good. No, but my biggest memory is down the street from. Our our house in scottsdale they would right. have a mexican slash american indian rodeo right just this tiny little rodeo yeah like on a sunday we would go and they would have mexican fry bread taco oh yeah i know i got you oh my god so it's american Navajo indian tacos. yes yeah. american indian fry bread right mexican taco like machaca you know yeah like that that shredded beef together yeah i mean so fucking good it's the second best food on yeah. the planet. What's the, the first? Orange chicken. Orange chicken is like, somebody sat around going, do I want fried chicken or do I want a donut? How about both? <laughs> yeah. Bong.
0: Yeah. And you got it. Orange chicken. But I, like Scottsdale, I remember seeing Come Back to the Five and Dime Jimmy Dean in Los Arcos Mall and then going back the next night because I was obsessed with it. And I would go to Camel View when I was in college and see the RD, the arty movies. Mm-hmm. I remember when the Hitchcock, when Rear Window and stuff started being re-released.
1: That's when I moved to L.A. Yeah. I saw Rear Window and Vertigo. I, I, I saw Rear Window and right. Vertigo as a double feature. Yeah, and that was it. I was like, I am moving to Los Angeles. I need to work in movies or do something creative. I was, you know, in Scottsdale, dressing like a mod with my Vespa. It's 110 <laughs> degrees, and I have like a full-length wool coat on with fingerless gloves and like a scarf. It's not a city where you
0: have style or do anything. I don't know what... It's not a place like that. Was your family, like, um, cool about you being creative and doing your thing? Did they get you? Always.
1: That's amazing. First of all, my parents' best friends growing up in the 60s and 70s were a gay couple, Bob and Jim. They did everything together. And this was back when... So you saw
0: them from your earliest days, like the neighbors.
1: Yes. Yeah. And there was... This was back when, you know, there was an actual butch and a femme. Right. It sounds crazy, but... That's just sort of the way it was. Right. And Jim was all about fashion, and he would have, you know, three cocktails at lunch with so my mom. So he was the butch. No. <laughs> no. And he would hang out with my mom, and they right. would go shopping. And then Bob was the butch one who would drink beer with my dad, and they would build something in the garage, and and then, you know, the four of them would double date. Love it. That's the way I was raised. So my problem wasn't, like, is it cool to be gay? Is it okay to be gay? It's everyone... I'm five, I'm six, I'm seven years old, and everybody already knows I'm gay and totally accepts it and embraces it. I mean, it's unspoken. It's all about like, oh, do that, do Eunice from the Carol Burnett oh, show, Kent. God. You know, because my real name is Kent. Right. And I was just always entertaining people and singing songs and dancing around and blah, blah, blah. I was like a big, you know, drag queen back then. Right. So then when I got to be a teenager, it was like, don't assume anything. And I was like dating girls and trying to like, and it was like, honey, come on. (laughs) um, That's such a different trajectory
0: than so many people. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And my parents were both artists. Right. I mean, my mom was raised in a convent slash orphanage in Milan, Italy. Wow. And my dad was, I used to think he was an atheist, but he corrected me and said he's agnostic. He thinks that that was the ultimate arrogance. Being being an atheist is just as arrogant as thinking, you know, this man died on a cross right. and this happened. And, you know, so it's essentially we know nothing. Right. And you know he grew up during the depression and he was in the navy and i remember we went hunting once and i didn't want to go and he's yeah, like, well, yeah my,
0: my family was big hunters yeah I made, well it's I arizona it. and yeah. i
1: gotta tell you even at like six years old yeah. i was the best shot in the family really oh my god beer cans and you know yeah. like, i wanted to do just target shooting and yeah. he's like well we're gonna go hunting we got
0: a ticket for bighorn sheep or whatever it is well, everyone it gets it was their just tickets quail
1: or okay dove, you okay know.
0: birds and, yeah and do
1: you, all right oh here's one thing that i want to say before I finish yeah. the story do you remember in school like learning like if you get stuck in the desert here's what you do
0: yeah well like, I I grew up in northern Arizona which is oh, a desert 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 it's yeah. more like uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's more you know it's, shut it. it's not like the desert but what right. did you learn
1: oh just I just remember like you know yeah. the, you know you if you get jumping cactus on your you know, yeah. desert shoes, you can take your comb. Don't pick it out with your hands. You have to use your comb. And if you got stuck, you know, you could dig a hole. And if you have some plastic, like let's say you have dry cleaning in the car, yeah. you can put – you dig a hole and then you put a cup. Maybe you don't have a cup. Do you have a can of hairspray or any aerosol? You can take the lid and put that in the middle. Of the hole, and then you put the plastic, and then you put rocks, and then you put one rock in the center, and the condensation drips down into the cup. I was like, okay. Wow. I mean, if I'm gonna think about why not just carry a bottle of water? <laughs> I'm gonna, like, I have hairspray and dry cleaning. <laughs> but I so forgot water. What was I just saying though? Um, oh my God, what was I just saying? We were talking about. Oh, hunting. Yes. So my dad is like, we're gonna go hunting. Yeah, and I love the fact that he didn't just cave because yeah. I was like, I don't want to go hunting, yuck! And he's like, No, we're going hunting because you know when you sit down at the dinner table and mom makes chicken, that chicken just doesn't arrive out of nowhere. That was an animal. You have to have respect for this animal. You know, he wanted me to right the circle so we of go life. Hunting, and we have this big shotgun. Yeah, and he's like, There it is. Now be quiet. Now, okay, now pull the trigger. I pull the trigger, and you know it throws me of course back my terrifying i had that shoulder hurts so bad oh my god trying to be tough yeah i know you have to act tough we walk over and he's like "Uh uh-oh and i was like what and he's like you shot the wrong kind of bird we can't even eat this and i started crying
0: oh no i think i was like
1: eight he's like you know what we don't have to do this anymore we went home sat at the kitchen table and drew pictures Because my dad was an amazing artist and my mom was an amazing artist. And before my dad died, I would be on the phone with my dad saying, oh, I just did a cruise ship and I'm opening for Roseanne and I'm going to do this. And he's like, you are so lucky, son, to do what you love and make a living at it. Because he was really artistic and a great painter and a very interesting person. But, you know, he had three kids and a wife. and And what did he do for his job? He was like in finance. Yeah. You know? But they got you. They always got you. They totally got me. That's great. And uh, maybe a couple years before he passed away, I, my mom saw me perform live, but my dad never did. Yeah. So I went to visit for Christmas and I brought a video cassette. Of course. Of, like a show. And I pop it in. And like my dad is so smart, the funniest person I've ever met. Like, so funny. My dad is Jerry Lewis, funny. Right. Like, really corny, stupid. Yeah. My mom is B. Arthur. Okay. Dry. Yeah. You know. So, I'm a little bit of both. But, so I wasn't really worried, but you know. You never know. I'm singing songs about fucking sucking cock. I mean, seriously, like, huge dicks and blowing a load and, you know what I mean? Like, horrible things. Right. So my dad is watching, and like some of it I'm just like, oh God, okay, that was a bit much. Yeah. So he pauses it, and he goes, I don't get it. And I was like, uh-oh. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, I don't get it. I don't get, I don't understand why you're not a millionaire. This is the funniest stuff I've ever seen. Oh. And I was all like, oh, thank you. That's so cool. He was the best dad. He really That's was. so I wrote great. A, I wrote a whole article about how as a little gay kid, I could see... The most subtle, minuscule expression of disgust, whether it was an eyebrow raise or a lip being curled, you know, like... You could see it
0: in your parents or you could see I it could in anyone. I could see it
1: in uh, a friend's dad, yeah. in someone's older brother, in a coach at school. Reacting to you. Yes. So I could see that from 200 yards away. You pick up on it. You feel it. And I never, never got that from my dad. Never, ever, ever. Amazing. Yeah.
0: He's so just the sweetest guy. Wonderful. Is, is that article online somewhere?
1: Uh, yes, it's because uh,
0: we'll link to it in the well. Sh- it's it's on moment. my Facebook page, okay. but that may be going
1: by the wayside. If What's they don't going on with drag
0: to- and Facebook? I don't understand. Well, is it is it for an, a topic for another time? We need to wrap this up soon. But
1: well, I just think it's all about money and control, and I think they're being really arrogant. Are they? What are they telling drag queens? They can't have well, their they pages. Ha- they have to use their legal name, right? And I just you know. I mean that's my sag after a name, my WGA yeah. name. I've been my default picture right now is not my real name. Yeah. Like in big letters. Yeah. I put like across my page, fuck you, Facebook, come for me, how dare you, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And so far they're not coming for me. And there's right. a part of me that's like, oh, is it because it's not a funny name? It's sort of unisex. It's you know what I mean? It's right. not like, you know, head of lettuce. Right. It's not like Hecklina, it's not like she, she larue it's not you know yeah am i passing you're passing yeah you're just well i don't want to so yeah i'm yelling hey you're, you're showing am.
0: solidarity come get me that's right um i like to sometimes ask random questions that the uh listeners can chime in on i was talking to my friend the other night glenn and we were talking about hashtags that annoy us and my most annoying right now is humbled when people say like Starting a new job. Here I am on the fourth floor, humbled. First of all, you're not that humble if you have to post about it. Wow. Right? Yeah. I don't mind blessed. I'm okay with blessed. Grateful. Uh, you know. Yeah, I mean, I've done it.
1: Right. To be have you done humbled? No, no. Humbled no. is different. Do you know what mine? What's your least favorite hashtag? No filter. <laughs> yeah. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> First of all. <laughs> Like, this is what I really look like. My skin is this good. Yeah. I have small pores. I'm young. It's like, uh, first of all, with lighting, Yeah. I don't even care. No filter. It just really bothers me.
0: Yeah. Woke up with great hair today. No filter. Humbled. Fuck you.
1: Well, first of all. (laughs)
0: Somebody could be no filter and humbled. That's a slap in
1: the face to technology. <laughs>
0: Thank you. It's there. You're not getting any, you know? It's like when people say, oh, I don't use AutoTune. Use it if it makes it better. Well. What? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, i well, don't think I, there's a lot of glory i mean yes you if somebody's live but if they're making a record make the record as good as you can
1: yes it's true but don't make a star out of somebody who can't sing that's true don't make a singing star <laughs> out of somebody who cannot sing
0: like like paula abdul you can't even imagine her singing happy birthday oh really my god yeah i know but she's danced she gave us a lot all right jackie how can people keep up with you find you I am on Twitter. Do you like to tweet or is it a pain in the I ass? I
1: love to tweet. Really? You I tell took to every, it? I tell every comedian, if you're tweeting, you should call your next show. I gave it away one sentence at a time for <laughs> yeah, free yeah. on Twitter. Because that's how it is. I say something and I'm like, that's funny. I need to tweet it.
0: Right. but it's good on, though. I love it.
1: Good. I'm on Twitter. I'm and it's on, just at Jackie B? Yes. Just okay. at Jackie B for all of these actually. Okay. Uh, Instagram. Yeah. What else? Facebook, of course. Yeah. And they're all... Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. And um, my website is MissJackieBeat.com. Yeah. And you can get merchandise and, like, MP3 downloads of my songs and all sorts of fun stuff. And see... What's or the I most prefer- random thing you sell? I. You have some really
0: cool purses well, I saw. Well,
1: uh, the purses are all gone. The purses yeah. were, like, sort of fundraising ones for when I was getting my double hip replacement. Right. <laughs> Grandma. And it went well. Yes, double hip replacement. Well. Oh my god, we can't open up a
0: new camera. I know. Okay, just no. thumbs up. Oh, uh, two thumbs up for the hip yes. one for okay, good.
1: Nice. One for each hip. Okay. No, I, I one of the best was these uh these um pillowcases. Yeah. It's this really great picture that Austin Young took of me in bed with a deer. I'm smoking a cigarette, looking bored, (laughs) like we just had the worst sex. And there's a deer lying in bed with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. It's very funny. Was it photoshopped or did you actually get a deer? No, we got a deer head. Okay, like a you know a a trophy. Right, it's called. And uh, I also now for the 25 years I made special books and I made ViewMasters. Remember
0: ViewMasters? Yeah. But can people if they don't have a ViewMaster they just get you can make them. Oh. You, you, you actually... Hold on. While All do... right. We're going to take a picture of this. No, no,
1: no. You can do it while you're looking uh, Oh, right? Looking the okay, light. Okay, cool. All right. Looking up here into the light. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, I hope this entices everyone listening to go online right now and buy one.
0: So if you buy one, do you get the actual Viewmaster, too? So uh-huh. you you, they, you don't have to have one anymore. Oh, oh, they're amazing pictures.
1: And look, it's engraved on the front. Oh,
0: how much does this go for?
1: I ate another cookie Um, $25. That's a sweet deal. I mean, how many pictures are in there? That's so cool. There's seven because it's yeah. 3D. Yeah. So the the disc has 14, you know, pictures, but you have to double them so they look I 3D. know.
0: Imagine with all the technology we have today that that enchanted us as children just to yeah. look at pictures through the... Yeah,
1: yeah, and I try to... Yeah, it's good. And I, I try to... Yeah. Okay, you guys quiet. I try to think of, you know, just like with <laughs> my show. Okay, shut up. I try to think of merchandise that I would want if I was yeah. a big fan of somebody, you know, a viewmaster a drag then. queen. Yeah, I would love to put this on the table. Yeah, it's this black sleek viewmaster, and It's very Taking. sexy. And I would just think it'd be so funny to put that on a little table and then somebody sitting there. It's like a conversation piece. It starts it time. right
0: up. I will take a picture of that, so if you go to DennisAnyone.net under this podcast, you can see a picture of the Viewmaster and what it's like.
1: And those are on eBay.
0: I love it. Good for you. All right, Jackie, thank you so much for this chat. I love talking to you.
1: I'm so glad it's over. I can eat
0: cookies. I know. Enjoy yourself. Um, Thank you so much for listening, and um, we're going to take a picture of the carry room too, if that's cool, because I know people are going to want to see that shit. Of course. All right. Um, And we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. My thanks again to the incredible Jackie Beat. Now, at the end of that podcast, we sort of started a topic of which, which hashtags are you completely over? And we listed hashtag humbled and hashtag no filter. So I want to hear from you. What are you totally over when it comes to hashtags? Um, in a recent episode, we also talked about answering machine messages that you saved. And a listener posted on the blog, Ryan, he wrote about this amazing story with a coworker who he didn't like, who left this really nasty voicemail, um, and uh, Ryan ended up taking it and sampling it and turning it into a really funny song that he still has on his iPod. So I think the moral of the story is, if you're going to leave nasty messages, they may live on. So um, thanks again for listening. I also want to get a quick plug-in. Um, my short film that I made with Nadia Glinsberg and Glenn Gaylord, If We Took a Holiday, is screening this... I think it's Saturday, October 4th, um, that's Sunday, I guess, in Atlanta, uh, in San Pedro, California on October 12th, Seattle, uh, their gay film festival, October 12th and Pittsburgh in, um, on October 14th. So, um, if you're in any of those cities, check it out
1: and, um, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.